Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is a very special guest all the way from Perth, Australia. He's a videographer, and he is also very kind because I was sleeping this morning, and he did have to wait outside for me. Welcome to the show, Aiden McDougall. What's up? How do you feel about my uh, unprofessionalism? Honestly, like, this is kind of how I operate professionally, too. So, um, <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, it's good. I don't, <laughs> no shame, no shame. No I don't shame usually sleep in through my alarm and wake up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, but today today was the day that I decided to. Yeah, but, sometimes you need that. Yeah, but we have coffee and we have mouths for speaking, and so that's mm. all you really need for a podcast. That's what you need. So I met Aiden when I first moved to New York last year, and I was he was introduced to me as an Emirati from the United <laughs> Arab Emirates. <laughs> but he is also a white man, so I was slightly confused. I mean, are you Marathi? Like, let's just... Nah, I'm not. You're not? I gotta break the... I gotta break the ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ice? Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I was born in Dubai. Um, Wait, you were born there? You didn't... I did not know you were born there. No, I was born there, yeah. You are Emirati. I'm not. I'm you not, were born yeah, there. I mean, yeah, you were born you in the desert. That. But, like, I moved to Australia when I was 10. Um, So, like... Even when I tell people, like, I'm not, like, I'll be like, I'm not from Australia because I've moved there. And, like, no one in my family is from there or lives there apart from my mom and my dad. They're like, well, you lived there since you were 10, so that makes you Australian, you know. I guess how it's, like, people, like, I'm American because I grew up in America, but I wasn't not from here. So what do you identify as? Ethnically, <laughs> nationality-wise? Nationality, ethnically, uh, nationality-wise, I would just say I'm Australian because it makes it easier. Right. For people. right, right, right. But um, I'm Scottish and Italian. You're Scottish and Italian? Yes, yeah, so I'm. And like, I heard you were Lebanese. Yeah. Scottish, Italian, Lebanese. Very, very, very small amount. But still, yeah. nevertheless. Yeah, but essentially I'm white. I know how it's, <laughs> I, Italians always like to say, like, I, th- I don't know if they say that. I've heard a lot of people say, like, oh, this person's, like, they're white. Then No, they're, they're Italian. They're not white. And I'm just like, that's white. Italians are white. But I feel like there's, like, a difference between, like, an American white and, like, a European white. Uh, yeah, there is. I mean, I definitely think that, like, white people in America, um, just in general, like, the the most, like, over-the-top white in in the world. They're too white? (laughs) You're like, this is, you know, there's white and then there's, like, too white and you're like, and I just... Because even, like, even in Australia, like... We like look at American white people like they're just crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy. I think that is I remember the consensus. Wa- I remember watching like when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, I think it was like the Ellen Show. It was one of those shows, and you know, at the start, like all the people like dancing in the crowd. Like they're all dancing before okay. the show starts, yeah, yeah. and she's kind of like dancing too. I remember like looking at my dad, and I was like, "Yeah, why? Why is everyone like dancing right now?" Like, why, like, what's the point of them dancing? And you're just like, just because they're American, they just <laughs> like to do shit like that. It's called, like, being carefree. Because, you know, I... <laughs> I know, but, like, what makes you want to dance about, like, is the Ellen show, like, I get it. Like, I get it. But I also, like, it took me a while to understand it. That's all I'm saying. I grew up in America. My parents are, you know, from Palestine. <laughs> mm-hmm. They've never been relaxed for even a moment in their life. Like the thought of them dancing at a reality TV sh- or a talk show is insane to me. So like right. when, you know, when you see things like that, you're like, wait, what is the norm here? Like, are my parents the normal ones? Is this what's normal? But like, 
it's it's a very unique sense of like the general essence of being American is like everything is fun and like we're the best. So like yeah, let's dance at the Ellen show. There definitely is like a underlying like but we're the best yeah, when yeah, it yeah. comes to America, but I understand it. I just feel like I don't know, like I just uh not to get super off topic, but I feel like uh, No, please, let's get off topic. Not that we were on a topic. But, we're, we there the topic is brain. Um but like growing up uh especially going through like 90% of schooling in Australia, like they teach you a lot about other countries and stuff like that. And I just feel like when I heard like that kids in America, like they don't really learn about other countries that much. Mm-hmm. Depending on what school you go to, like most public schools won't like put an emphasis on geography and stuff like that or like other cultures, but also the fact that they have to like pledge their allegiance every morning. When I heard that, I was like, that's like some, that's weird. It is fucking weird. Like, I've never had to do that in school, ever. Like, we, we would never go to school and be like, we have to pledge our allegiance to the flag or sing the national anthem. Like, they were like, no. It's just like, what? It's it's very weird. When I was, like, seven, I remember one day thinking, like, wow, the Pledge of Allegiance is, like, very weird. And so yeah. I, I didn't want to participate. And my teacher was like, where I noticed you didn't, you know, participate in the Pledge of Allegiance this morning. And I was like, well, I'm Muslim. I just, I was like, something about it feels weird. Obviously, I'm a child, though. So she, like, talks to my parents. My parents are like, yeah, I don't know why the fuck she said that. Like, there's no correlation between... But when did you move to the States? I was born here. Oh, I thought you were born... We're just, we're just discovering so many things, guys. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was born in Florida. But you, like, lived as a child overseas most of your life. I I moved overseas when I was, like, eight. About to be eight, like, seven. But then I came back. But then I came back to college. So I was, like... I was gone for like oh, nine for years. College, word. Yeah, so, so you I did was, your whole high school outside of the states. Yeah, I did my high school in the UAE, where you're 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 native too. Yeah, <laughs> your your native country. Where was the high school? Uh, which uh, I went to. I lived in Alain for two years, so I went to two different high schools there, and then um, I went to high school in Sharjah, and then I went to high school in Dubai. Why? Okay. So I went to four different high schools. So I went to a different school every year because right. I fucking hated every school I went to. And I, at the end of the year, I'd be like, please do not send me back to the school. So then my parents would find me another school. And then I'd be like, I fucking hate this school. Please send me to another school. But then what I didn't realize is that I just hate the UAE so Word. deeply. Okay. Um, so it wasn't the school. It was just, I hated it. But they weren't international schools? They were all international schools. I just think international schools in general kind of like OD. It's like very much a business. Mm-hmm. And then once you realize, I mean, a lot of private schools are businesses, but like they don't care if you are actually learning. They care that your parents are paying your tuition. They care that you're like wearing your uniform correctly. Like they care about very like superficial things, but like, I don't know. It's very weird, but the curriculum is very like challenging. So I do, I am really glad that I did go to those schools because I feel like I learned more than I would have but like also like just the general environment was very much it always just felt like it was like a business it was very weird yeah yeah that that would be weird if you don't do well on a test like all it takes is like your parents coming in Mm -hmm. and then they realize like oh well you're spending like a crazy amount of money in tuition so let's pass you that's wild yeah I don't know if you had that but every school I went to it was just kind of like because I was really bad at math and so same. I didn't do math. You just, you tapped out. You were like, I'm going to decide not to. I had the option to do accounting what? instead of math. And I took that. I didn't do math. They, they didn't make you take math at all? This was from like 
grade 11 to, to 12. This is my last two years of high school. Yeah, I didn't do math. Wow. No, and you know what? I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, we're fine, guys. You don't need math. Yeah. Math is fucking dumb. Yeah. I, there's a calculator on my phone. I'm literally, I'm living proof. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can do addition and subtraction and what, what more do you need? No one's ever asking anyone to do long division. I guess if you'd like, you know, you're going into like coding and algorithms and stuff like that, then yeah, you need like a high level of math. But <laughs> I mean, just to do your taxes. No, no, you just go to fucking TurboTax or whatever website. Yeah. And then you just input the prompts. Yeah, you just put in your... your and your, then you just your cross prompts. your fingers and hope that you don't get um, you don't get audited. Who's getting audited? I mean, people get audited. I feel like... Really? Yeah. But, damn. I feel like you would have to... <laughs> I feel like you would have to be like... Uh, the look on his face was just terror. I feel like you would have to be a pretty big company to get audited. No, you know what's funny? Because my brother-in-law is a CPA. Is that most people who get audited are not people who make like a fuck ton of money. Like they're actually more like lower middle class. So what? Because those are the people that the IRS know that they can like fuck over. What? Okay. Well, that's, that's great. great Yeah. 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 It's pretty fucked up. Great news. Yeah. 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 Great news. But also, you know, what's fucked up actually, I I got a letter from the IRS like last year. It would have been like July last year. Right. And they were saying that I didn't like, I owe like, I, I owe like a certain amount of money. Right. In taxes, because mm-hmm. I apparently have issues with the filing. But I never filed the taxes because I didn't want to do quarterly. I wanted to do yearly instead of mm-hmm. quarterly, which you can do. And then, they, but they were still like, we have, like, you know, we think that you owe this much. So I just, I just paid it. And I was like, but how the fuck do they even get that information? I don't know. But I wish that they would just get tell me how much money to give them. That's what they did with me. And I was like, all right, thank you. But I was also like, what the fuck? I don't know. That's really interesting. I wonder if it's like a like non-U.S. citizen. Like, I wonder if there's a difference in like nah. the way your taxes. No, no difference. They tax everybody the same. Damn. Even people that are here, like you know, like with like no documentation and stuff, mm-hmm. they're still like, yo, you got you, as long as you're paying them money. Like, they don't even like the IRS and immigration do not share any records. Fuck. They're not allowed to. So what you're saying is, not only were my high schools a business. But my entire life is a business? Yeah, everything's a business. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Guys, you yeah. heard it here first. Everything is a fucking business. You gotta wake up, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. And I did like 30 minutes ago. I wasn't even thinking about it yesterday because like someone was telling me, it's like, oh, the the way that Australia like handled the COVID cases and how they were kind of doing like detention camps and all that stuff was kind of like OD. And I was like, it really was. It was really crazy. Um, but I was like... They don't care about it. It's not for them. It's not like a safety of people. Like they don't give a fuck about like, I want to protect the people. They're just doing it because like their biggest um, economy is just uh, like agriculture and what they can offer, what resources they can offer like through the like land, like coal and iron, all that shit. So like if COVID is, um, if COVID gets to a point in Australia where like businesses stop operating, Mm -hmm. they're fucked. That's why they do all that shit with like when they were getting everyone with COVID and putting them into like these little like camps and stuff like that because I was just like, yo, I didn't even know that that was happening. They were were going crazy, and everyone was like, yeah, but you really care about people, and I was like, no, they don't. This is like all business. Yeah, they just don't want to like lose their like resources. Right, there's like no government or like corporation or any like large entity that cares about human beings' wellness. No, or well being. 
And in doing so, in doing all the mining that they're doing, they're just literally like fucking up indigenous like land. Yeah, all the kangaroos are crying. It's not, <laughs> honestly, like <laughs> kangaroos outnumber humans. Like I think like three to one. The way that I somehow managed to bring up kangaroos every time I've ever interacted with Aiden is potentially racist. I think it's possible. Right, you can't be racist to white people. It's fun, but. But he did say that kangaroo meat is delicious. I never said that. You literally said that, never and then you were, that. and then you encouraged me to try it. You said, "Noor, you would love it. You should try it." And I said, "Aiden, I don't want to <laughs> eat a kangaroo." And you were like, "You should definitely eat a kangaroo." And I was like, "Fine." If I you... don't ever remember saying it's good. I just said it. Uh, <laughs> it. Uh, Are you? It's a very tough meat. It's like very like iony. You literally said it was delicious. I never said that. But I mean, yeah. You literally made a kangaroo I'm sure if you made sandwich <laughs> on the spot. You pulled it out of your fucking Australian pocket. Word. And it was just like kangaroo slices. My pouch. From your pouch, yeah. And your Joey hopped out. Oh, that would be so cool. I feel like all Australians should have a pouch, but you're not Australian. You're an Imarati Scottish Lebanese. See. See? Not see. How's your Spanish going? He's trying to learn Spanish. It's going good. Actually, it was, uh, I, I went home early last night. So mostly go on Duolingo and like you went home to go do Duolingo. Yeah, it's been actually really fun. I'm having a lot of fun learning it. Um, um, Porquet. There's literally so many like um, it, it puts it on this like map of like how what your progression is, and I'm like only on the third thing. But for everything that you progress to, like a new bracket, which is like travel or mm-hmm. like family or like just phrases or whatever, then each of those is like six different levels mm-hmm. so you can do the first one or the next one but then you have to go back to the first one and finish all the levels there's like a lot and then 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 that's just checkpoint one and there's like six checkpoints so there's really hundreds and hundreds of like lessons to go through so i think the whole goal of it is like by the end of it you're like fluent fluent well like what are your favorite phrases i like saying que lo que, but what does that mean just like what's up that is fun but we should not, definitely it, say that even, always um, I think they teach you like Spanish, Spanish on on the apps. They don't teach you like so. That's more like colloquial, like more like people are speaking it like conversation. Yeah, it's like Caribbean Spanish. Okay, it's like Dominican or Puerto Rican Spanish, or like not Spanish Spanish. Okay, I don't even think they say it in like Mexican Spanish, but yeah, you're gonna learn a language. It's better to learn like the actual, real, like I don't know. I guess like traditional or whatever the fuck the word I'm looking for is like classical, like speech rather than <laughs> European. That's, you that's just learn, just learn English. You said the yeah um yeah. Just learn English. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. No other language matters. That's the thing though. You can learn English. Like you can be from another country and like learn like like the like the European English, right? And then you come to New York and be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like like rubbish. Rubbish? Yeah, I say rubbish. Like trousers. Trousers. Like jumper. Jumper. Ice lolly. Ice lolly is one of my favorites. That's what they call fucking popsicles. It's so silly. They, did, they say that in uh, the UK? Yeah. I thought that was a Spanish thing, because we call it lollies, yeah. But I always thought that... I always thought that the... the it's funny, though, because when I moved there, like, I never knew what lolly meant. People would always say it, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What's a lolly? Yeah, yeah. Like, candy is like sweets. When did you move to America? 2019. How old were you? 23. 23. Yeah. Were you, like, terrified? No. You moved straight to New York, all alone, didn't know anyone. And you were like hyped. I had a girlfriend at the time, uh, but I, to be fair, I didn't really know her that well. Like we kind of <laughs> just met, 
Aiden. Um, <laughs> You're like, I had a girlfriend. We were in love. I don't know who she was. We were, yeah. I'm not even who she was. Like, we met, and then we just kind of, like, built a relationship. Um, like, I, like yeah, it was kind of crazy how it happened. But, you know, like, it happened. Wait, so how did you meet her? I met her randomly in New York when okay. I was out. The second time I came to New York was on a trip. I was with my friends. Um, I was, like, 23. Yeah, okay. the same age I moved here. Well, as soon as I got to New York, I was like, yeah, I really want to move here. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to go somewhere else after college and like, do a post-grad. But then I didn't know where to go. So I was like, I'm going to go to Melbourne or Sydney. Um, and then once I came here, I was just like, why would I like move somewhere else in Australia when I can literally just move country? Yeah, duh. Because it's just like, you know what duh. I mean? Because like, I, I really wanted to like move and experience new things. Yeah. And just kind of like. Not, you know what I mean? I wanted to like leave. You're like, I want to try deli meats other than kangaroo. It would. <laughs> so I was just like, it at a time, I was like, it be, it would just be fun to like move to like the biggest city. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a, I don't know if it's the biggest city. It's like I think the most densely populated, yeah. but it's actually comically small. Yeah, no, it's tiny in like yeah. radius, but it's the most dense. So I was yeah. like, it'd be fun to like just fuck it. I don't know anyone here. Why yeah. not? And then I met her when I was traveling, and then we kind of formed a relationship. So you knew someone when you moved here. Yeah, but I, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, I still moved here. I didn't have any family or friends. I had, like, even though I had a girlfriend, it, I still felt very, like, alone. Yeah. Because I didn't have any, like, you know what I mean? I had, like, a really solid group of friends back in Australia that I'd known for a long time. You like risks? Or was yeah. it, like, okay. Yeah. I just, like, I don't really, like, I would say I'm a big risk taker. I don't really, like, worry about failing. Okay. Know? Yeah. That sounds like a man thing to say. Take take notes, women. Don't worry about failing. There's different types of risks that you just got to like consider. Like physical risks are different than and financial risks. Like if you're putting a lot of money into something, it's like all that could be gone. That's like different than like, me moving countries. Isn't like a especially I'm going to like another first world country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where they speak English, it's like, less risky. Yeah. 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 It's not like. I'm going to go, you know, into like... You're not going to like Gaza. You're not going to Palestine. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, no, then it's just like, okay, so why are you going? And someone's like, I just want to experience it. Were your parents like supportive and like on board for you making the move? Um, They they kind of... It's, so, it's funny because I told them when I got back from the holiday that I was on like, moving to New York. And they're like, okay, like, cool. They're uh, like, sure thing, bro. They were like, how are you going to move to New York? Yeah. Like, you have no money. Yeah. Like, do you have a job there? And I was like, no, I'm going to get a travel and work visa for a year. And it costs, like, this much. It costs, like, 2000 or something. And then they're like, okay, like, sure. And then um, I basically just, like, worked. Like, I was working, like, three jobs. So you were really, like, doing the, the New York hustle? I just had nothing but time. Like, I just, I, I finished college, uh, had nothing but time. So I just had, like, a bunch of jobs. I was just working every day. I'm pretty much working every day and every night for like two months. Was there like a goal in mind or was it just more so like the experience or just like, let's see what happens? Um, originally the goal was to live there and see what happens. But I kind of always had it in my head that I would never like be able to like live, live in New York. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to experience it. Right. Um, and I wanted to go live in other cities too. But like that, within the US or within New York? No, I wanted to go live in other cities like... Like, I wanted to go to, like, London and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but, like, once I moved here quickly, I was just, like... Like, it was really stressful at the start. Um, it took me, like, six months to get used to the city. And then once I got used to it, I was like, yeah, I can't really imagine, like, living anywhere else. Yeah. 
especially because we had all these plans to go to um, Europe and stuff in 2020 because it was my grandfather's like 90th birthday and we were going to go see it. We were all going to go to like London and, mm-hmm. and see him and stuff like that. Also, he lives in Scotland, but we were going to go meet in London. And then um, COVID fucked everything up. So I was just saying I stayed in New York the whole time. Yeah. But then like, honestly, like staying in New York at that point, like it, I was kind of just like, really just appreciated it more mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it was pretty fucked up like the first month but yeah it was scary it was scary but it's also like like i don't i don't know like i wasn't working from home i was working at a cafe at the time so mm-hmm. I, I couldn't work so i was on unemployment at that time and i don't know like it's unsettling it was unsettling and it was weird and i had to like get another visa at the same time so it was oh, stressful no. but it was kind of just like that whole like thing maybe you just be like wow i love it here like why would i you know what i mean even under these circumstances i'm still happy that i'm here yes yeah, like i'm still in the u.s yeah i feel paying, like that's, that's paying a, taxes that's a testament to like new york it's like even under these not great circumstances like you yeah. still like this is where you, you feel like you want to be like i saw new york in a in a period of time that people haven't seen for like a long 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 like decades you know yeah. what i mean and then the last pandemic yeah and then to see it like like kind of come back from that Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like beautiful so that's the thing like when i moved here like i mean i didn't make as big of a journey as you did but like there was a part of me that was like am i gonna like this like am i gonna want to live here for like an extended period of time is this like a year thing like Mm -hmm. you know whatever and then like i feel like within like the first like two or three weeks of me living here i was like no i need to live here yeah like this is i don't think i'll be leaving anytime soon yeah for real i don't know it's there's something about new york it's it's it feels like different than any other state in the u.s that i've ever been to but did you experience culture shock at all when you moved here because i feel like you're pretty well traveled well cultured so like definitely not culture shock yeah but i definitely had a lot of issues where like i had misunderstandings with people because of just like america's a very like um people take things very seriously you think yeah like it's hard to explain, like, Australia and, um, we have, like, the same kind of, like, we're basically, like, the UK, mm-hmm. but, like, cooler, ex-communicated from the UK. Like, and, but better. And we take more inspiration and, and influence from America. Right. So, it's, 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 like, a mixture of, like, current day America and current day UK. But, like, it's, we still have a very, like, um, like, culturally, we're a lot more similar to the UK where we... It's just like the humor's different. Mm-hmm. You don't take things. It's a kind of like a joke. Like if you take things seriously in Australia, it's kind of like it's just funny. Like, yeah. Like if you were like, I really love my job and I'm the be- I'm really good at what I do and I'm proud of myself. People are like shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but no, like in no, America, people would be like, "Wow, you're an inspiration and a hero." Yeah, exactly. And not that like I was <laughs> coming to America like making fun of people. But I don't know, like, I would just, like, sometimes I would just feel like I would get into misunderstandings of people because they think that I don't take things seriously or, like, people used to ask me what I do and, or, like, what I want to do. And I'd be like, I don't know. But I knew, but I just didn't want to talk about it. Right. Like, because I was just, like, why are we talking about, like, what what do I do? Or, like, what are, like why do you want to know? That's really interesting. So do you feel like the conversations that you were having here versus, like, in Australia, like, they, they had more serious, like, undertone to them. And people have more serious undertones here. Yeah. So, like, you had to kind of, like, adjust. Because I feel like we've had some pretty serious conversations. Yeah. So, like, you feel like that's something that now, like, you've learned and, like, you're like, I kind of prefer this or, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm, I'm used to it now. 
And I always thought it was good that, like, the one thing I liked about America is that, like, when I would come here, I kind of get in the, I kind of, like, my energy would be different. Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to do stuff. Like, I'd meet people, and they'd ask me what I, I like doing or what I want to do. And I told them, and then immediately they'd try and, like, set me up with people that do the same thing. Or, yeah. Which I appreciated because Australia's not like that at all. It's like, people don't really want to see you, like, do well. That's fucked up. Um, That's fucked up, Australia. Yeah. So I mean, you- but it's not, like, from, like, a, a point, it's not, like, from, like, I don't know. It's like a, it's called tall poppy syndrome. Like what is it called? Tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy syndrome. It's basically like you can't if you're like more successful than others. Mm-hmm. People try to bring you down, but it's not. Americans think it's in a way where it's like they don't want you to be successful, but it's not. It's more just like they don't appreciate people like thinking that they're better than other people. You know what I mean? Like for example, if you're an Australian actor, right? Let, let's take the guy from Euphoria, like. Um, Nate or whatever. He's Australian. Is he Australian? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh my god, he's... Okay, carry on. He's he, so hot. He looks Australian. We're talking about the same person, right? The, no, yeah, we're talking about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know he was Australian. Player. I now need to, like, see a video of him speaking. No, he's, he's, he's Australian, but he lives here now because obviously he's working here. But, like, if he moved back to Australia or when he goes back to Australia, like, n- like no one's trying to hear him be like, yeah, I'm, I'm on this show or I'm doing that. They, like, they all know who he is, but they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, shut up. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're still our friend. Yeah. Like, you're still, like, you know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't, um, they're not like, wow, you're a god. Like, but definitely when I'd be talking to Americans, like, people would think I just don't take things seriously because I just didn't want to talk about what I do or what I want to do. And they'd be like, oh, like, you're not like, you don't want to do well or you don't want to be successful. I do think there's, like, obviously, like, a difference in culture. Do you think that it's because that more European mentality is, like, if you talk about your work and, like, what you want to do, it could come off as, like, pretentious or like showing off or like cocky as opposed to like in america it like comes off as like wow this person is like driven and like they know what they want yeah and honestly it comes from a yeah you're exactly right but i usually am yeah but the reason it's like that is because um you know like in america like you really everyone has to work super hard like not everyone not everyone but like i mean in the uk okay kim kardashian you're like everyone gets up and work no i'm not saying that because she's saying that people don't want to work yeah the reality is that people have to work really hard so like if you're driven it's like a sign of like it's like um if you call someone driven it's like a term of endearment because it's like like no it's a positive thing there's like definitely no negative connotation attached to the word driven because my daddy would just tell me like before i moved here he was just like just just when you just just know that when you move to america like you're going to be working a lot because Americans really pride themselves on working hard. Like it's because they have to, because the economy isn't like, it's not, not as good as other countries, but they don't give yeah, yeah citizens. Yeah. They don't take care of their people. They don't take care of their people. So it's like health insurance is a joke. It's everything's a joke. Like you have to really just work. Like that's why people here work like three jobs at a time. Whereas in other countries, it's kind of like, well, not every other country, but in Australia, like that's unheard of. I mean, I've never been to Australia, but I do imagine it has more of like a, like, I think, like, okay, when you think of, like, California, have you been to California? Mm-hmm. There's a more, like, laid back, like, something about living by the beach, by it's the exactly water. exactly the same So it kind of changes the, the mentality of people. Yep. People are more, like, laid back, you know, cowabunga dude type shit. It's exactly the same. So that's what I would imagine Australia is more so like that versus, like, New York. It's very much, like, grind, work, fucking just, it's really all about, like, working. Yeah, it's really about working because you, you can't, like, live in New York. Unless you're making it, I mean, you can live here and not make money, but if you actually want to have like a decent like standard of living here, right? You have to make a certain amount of money every week. That's right. just how it is. Like, so if people, if I met people and they and I'd be like, I'm chilling, 
they'd be like, yo, if you're in New York, it's like, if you're not about like your business, if you're not about your money, mm-hmm. then what the fuck are you doing here? Like, because I'm, I have to do it. Like people would be like, I have to do this shit. Like I have to work mm-hmm. three jobs just to like pay rent. So it's, it's kind of like offensive that you're just like chilling. Yeah. That's kind of how it is here. Definitely in California, it's different because yeah, people grow up in like housing is way more affordable in certain most parts. Is it? Um, California? In California, I feel like housing is not affordable. I think rent is way cheaper in California. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, I think like in the US, like the highest right now, it's like Miami, New York, LA. But I'm talking about California as a whole. Okay. Maybe, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe other parts of like California. Southern California like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. I mean, I'm speaking based no, off right. of, no, I, I'm speaking based off of like very little information. I'm just saying it with LA, confidence. LA 100% is expensive. Like, yeah, I take that back. But I think California. <laughs> We're redacting I that. I think California as a whole, as a state, is more affordable 100% to live in than New York. Okay. I mean, it's possible. I have not done. Again, I didn't go to high school in America, so my knowledge of America is actually very limited. I didn't either. Like, I don't know that much. I know about other countries in the world. Like, I could tell you things about, like, the UK and, like, Germany and, like, France. But, like, what could I tell you about America? I know I could could smell Mississippi. The UK really doesn't know how to eat good food. They really don't. I mean, I will say when I was there, I was there for, like, 10 days and... Other than scones, I cannot think of anything I consumed while I was there that I was like, wow, this was really good. Sorry. British food, like their own cuisine. Okay, let me me ask you this. Okay. It's the worst. What the fuck is the difference between a Australian breakfast and a British breakfast? Tell me right now. Um, Because the way Australians talk about like Australian breakfast, it's like it is, there is nothing better than it. It is God's gift to mankind. It is elite. So, like, is it not just avocado toast? No, nah, it's, I mean, no, nah, not really. Like, it's just, it's kind of like, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it, it's like we have avocado toast, a lot of, like, egg stuff, a lot of, like, it's just, like, standard. It's just breakfast. This is breakfast, but, like, we have very good, like, produce there. Okay, so it's, like, the quality the of quality ingredients. The quality ingredients is just really good. Um, Australian breakfast is more similar to American breakfast. Okay. But it's more kind of like, I, again, relating it back to California. If you were going to like California and LA, you were going for like a breakfast spot in LA. Yeah. Like, without the Spanish influence that they have mm-hmm. in their food, it's pretty much the same as Australia because yeah. we don't have a Spanish influence in in any of our cuisine, especially South American or European Spanish. We just don't have many. So why do Australian people love bragging about Australian breakfast? Again, I want you to speak for your people. Produce is really good. Uh-huh. Um, Vegemite? No, nah, Vegemite is fucking disgusting. I agree. It looks like tar. I remember like back in the day, probably like 2008 and nine, we had coffee chains similar to Starbucks. Was it called like Wallabies? No. <laughs> no, nah, it was called it was called Dome. And it's called Dome? Yeah. Guys. I'm 12 years old. Carry on. Um, and yeah, that was one of the main ones. And then, and then, and then all of a sudden, like they just got rid of it all and started. People you know, didn't want dome no more. Yeah. They didn't want a dome. <laughs> Wasn't giving. Oh my God. Okay. So let's, let's, you know, this is obviously very well structured. So let's return back to you moving to New York. Right. 
right now you are a videographer. How did you get to the point? Like, was that something that in the back of your mind you were always interested in or was that something that, you know, you just kind of discovered while living here? Uh, nah, it was always something I was interested in. Like I've always been really into film ever since I was like, you know, when you're like so young and you're just yeah. like, I want to be this. Like, yeah, yeah. It was always like film and music was like the two things that were like most important to me. Um, and I, I remember the first job I wanted to be once you get old enough to be like, because I feel like when you're a boy, you just want to be like, I want to be a race car driver. Yeah. Like I, when I was but, a boy, I also wanted to be a race car driver. When I was a lad, I was like, I, I was just, a little lad. Yeah. I just wanted to race cars. Um, but once you get older and then you realize like what jobs are more like what you can do instead of like what sounds fun. But anyway, the first job I really wanted to do was be a director. Um, well, how old were you? Like when you were like, I want to be a director. Probably like 10. Sick. I was like pretty young. Love that. And then I just remember like, I kind of, long story short, I've always been into film, but when I moved to um, New York, I didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of had no plans and that was what was exciting about it. It was like, I can kind of do whatever I want. Yeah. And honestly, the first year I was here, I was just working so much because I just was broke and I just needed to like pay rent and yeah. live that I... So you were like in survival. Yeah, I was in survival mode. I was working at a cafe. I was interning also at Milk Studios. Cool. Worked there for a bit. Um, so it was like my second job. And then I was also interning at the same time at a, fa- a fashion designer's... Uh, uh, sorry, a stylist studio. So mm-hmm. he was a subway stylist. And I would intern at the studio, do drop-offs and pickups and all that stuff. And then it was really once I came back in August 2020, I was gone for a month because I had to. When I came back, I was like, I can really like not do whatever I want, but like I was like, what do I want to do? And I had friends that were videographers and uh, I just kind of like got interested in it. Like like the, it, the interest kind of reignited. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like taught me how to do stuff and I only had like this camcorder on me and I was like I can't make anything that artistically great and they were just like yeah you can just literally just go out like I was like how do I start doing this so just like just go out and make shit just like make whatever film stuff make your own things and I was like I don't know if I can do that and they're like if you can't do that then you, you can't you know then you obviously can't really do the right, job, you like, know what I mean? Yeah, like, you should be able to, like, if, you if should, that's what you, you want to do, do. Like, yeah. you should want to do it. And then I was like, you're right. And then, but then I didn't really, uh, once I started doing that, I was like, well, that was really fun. Um, but that's because that's kind of how I got into it. But being a videographer isn't like the end goal, like, I definitely want to make films, yeah, and uh, do that. But I'm just a videographer right now because it pays the bills. So, when you say that you want to make films, because you're, I, my knowledge of like, you know, filmmaking, that whole production is very limited. Mm-hmm. So when you say making films, does that just mean like you want to actually like capture film or does that mean you want to be like direct? Like what does making films mean? Um, it's a good question, but making films is kind of, it's just a group effort. Like it's like a whole big team effort. Like you could say you're a filmmaker, but a filmmaker like a videographer kind of embodies a whole bunch of different things. Right. Like for example, on a film would be like a director a cinematographer, mm-hmm. um, cameraman, mm-hmm. and then there'd be like writers, producers, executive producers, then assistant directors, assistant, you know, fucking DPs, mm-hmm. assistant cameraman. Yeah, yeah, there's like, it's a whole 
it's a whole crew. Yeah, it's like because I like for example, directing in general is just being the person that go like, okay, I want you to like move here, and you know, you're in charge of everybody on set. Like, you are the one that is hired the DP and the you know, you're the one that's hired the actors, and you're the one that is briefing everybody. Interesting, I didn't know that directors did all the shots. And I even used to think that DPs shot, like physically shot it. But then I realized that nine out of ten, they're behind the camera calling the shots. Interesting. And then the cameraman has to physically shoot it. Okay. But the DP is the one telling him what to shoot. Right. And where so to go. he's like the brain and then he's like the hands. Yeah, exactly. So there's like a lot of different roles. Um, but me and my friend Lucas have made a couple short films already. Um, just shot it on film. Just kind of running gun style. Where it, like... He'll kind of come to me with a script, or I'll come to him with a script, and we'll both help each other finish it. And then he will kind of like direct and kind of be director and DP. And I'm also like co director and I'm shooting it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll edit it. When you're writing a script, like what what is the inspiration typically behind it? Or is it just kind of like it varies? The biggest inspiration for me is uh, I don't really like, I don't really like one particular thing. Right. Or like I don't even do drama or comedy or. The biggest inspiration of me, like, creatively is just to be able to write things to my friends and have fun doing it. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you and your friends can get in a room and write things out and just naturally do that, like, that that would be, like, the best job for me. Like, we're writing our own films. It could be whatever. It could be fucking, like, drama. It could be horror. It could be comedy. It could be, like, dark comedy. It could be, you know. Like, no, yeah. There's, there's something, I think, unique about, like, collaborating creatively with, like, friends in any capacity that just makes it seemed less like work and more like fulfillment and like wanting to like, you know, not let your friends down, like not in like a stressful way, just like kind of in a way like we're all working on this together. So like, I want to like really fucking do my best. Yeah. And I just noticed that like, there's, there's not one like with filmmaking or anything like there isn't like directors get all the accolades and shit like that. But like, I feel like there isn't just one person that is like, I am doing everything. It's just like, no, like, even on the biggest like sets, like if if your um, cameraman can't have a say artistically, et cetera, et cetera, like everything has to trickle down. Like I don't think one person can really pull out all the shots and have everything the exact same way that they want it to be. It's just like you have to like everyone has to have a say, and that's how things get made. And I feel like I really embrace that. Like everyone on set should have a say. But like collaborative teamwork. Yeah, like people should be comfortable about what they're doing and. If you have people that are acting for you, like they should be able to have it. If they think that something sounds corny or something sounds dumb or they don't want to say something or they don't want to do something, like they should have the right to like so, not do so it. So you're not type A. Or, yeah, not type A. Aiden has been talking about wanting to start a podcast for a very long time. Do it. And I do think that everyone should bully him. We're going to do it. I think that bullying is effective. Bully us into doing it? Yeah, just generally, I think bullying oh, is yeah, motivational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, bullying no, no, yeah. is motivational. Yeah, yeah, but, but motivation through bullying. Yeah, exactly. There's like, a, there's like, bullying is good. I think. Yeah, mot- yeah, that's gonna be the soundbite. Aiden just saying bullying is good. Oh, you do like the soundbite with this, like. Oh yeah. Word. What do you think um, I'm doing on my phone right now? I'm writing down uh, nah, timestamps. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> everyone listening, bullying is not good, but I feel like bullying your friends into doing the right thing is right. great. You can bully someone into doing the right thing is positive. But I also feel like, you know, if I told, like, if, if I was to be like, like, if I was to nag someone to, to do something, it's almost just like unaffected because then it gets annoying. But if I yeah. bully them into doing it, 
in a friendly way. Right. Manipulation is what you're describing. He's like, I like to bully through manipulation. So you don't know that I'm bullying you, but I am in fact bullying you, but I've distracted you with my Australian accent and friendliness. Yeah. People, a lot of people do think I'm charming because of my accent. And I'm really not. It honestly enrages me the way, like even for me, when someone has an accent, I'm just more inclined to speak to them. Yeah. I mean, but that's, yeah. Like, I'm just like, Carry on. Read me like this. If, if you're in a room with 10 people right. and only one person has an accent, naturally you're going to be like, what's their deal? It's kind of like an icebreaker when you get to know somebody. Yeah. Even like if it's just like you get to know someone as a friend, like they're from another pl- like country or whatever. It's like something to talk about. So just like, oh, like what do you do? And like, right. you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, it kind of comes out in a way where it's like if I'm talking to somebody, they'll realize I'm Australian at one point and they'll be like, oh, and then they'll be like, okay, like. Now I'm interested in talking to you because of the accent. But at I first, I just thought you were but a dumb at, white at man. At first, I thought you just yeah, yeah, had, yeah. like, you know, I don't know. But, though, I will say that, like, in my experience, like, a lot of people also don't give a fuck. Yeah. They really don't. A lot of people do not care, like, if you have an accent or whatever. Especially if you're from New York, you're used to seeing hundreds of different cultures every day. Yeah. And people from different parts of life, people from different countries. Like, you being from Australia is not interesting at all. Yeah. I feel in general. So like, and that's kind of good. Cause like, I do really like that about New York. It's like the things that people typically in other places in America would like kind of make into like a big deal. Like people don't care as much like living here versus living in Florida. The amount of people who have asked me like, Oh, where are you from? Or are you Muslim? Significantly lower. Signif- which I prefer because like, why the fuck do you care? Like, why is this? Right. Like it's, it just feels like they, they want to place you immediately into like a specific box. I want to say it's because they're deprived of culture, but I honestly <laughs> don't think they are in Florida. I think I, like, I feel like there's a little different culture. Oh no, it's super diverse in Florida, but like also like what ends up happening in the, in more suburban, although diverse places, like you're not interacting with those people. Right. Cause like in New York, like you're getting on a subway, you're like, taking cars you're like walking you're doing all these things like in florida it's like you wake up you get in your own vehicle you drive to work you talk to the same people at work it's more individualistic i think when you live in a suburban area especially in the u.s and uh right it's you're you're just not meeting as many people yeah i agree with you yeah um because of the way that you know everything is but like yeah in new york i'm interacting with way more people which that's been a weird adjustment for me because I do feel like a little depleted at times from talking to so many new people all the time. It's cool. I like it. But like at times I'm just like, fuck, like, I like can't, I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. It is nice though. Cause it does kind of force you to step out of your own fucking little bubble and like, but yeah, I definitely feel very tired at times. Yeah. Like even with the, with my podcast. So like when I was living in Florida, it was more exciting for me to record with new people. But I've noticed that since I've moved to New York, the thought of having conversations with new people is exhausting. So because I'm really can have conversations with. Huh? It's like so many people that you can have conversations yeah. with. It's like endless. Like because everyone from here is like well, not everyone from here obviously, but like a lot of people that you meet here moves here from somewhere else and have their own story. And not saying that in Florida they don't. I mean, I don't know. Florida's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I've been there. I've been there a couple of times. Wait, where'd you go? Tampa. Gross. Oh yeah, you yeah. did tell me that, and I literally was like, Tampa. "That's disgusting." 
Um, That's the worst place you could go to. And then Orlando. Oh, Orlando. Did you go to Disney? I did. (gasps) Wait. Disney. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hold on, hold on. You went to Disney. When did you go to Disney? And I need you to talk to me about your Disney experience. This was 2010. Okay. Like, in a 2010. This is when there was that, like, real... It got, like, really cold there for, like, a, a couple of days. I remember it was, like, kind of on the news and shit. They were, like... Oh, yeah. The, like, I remember my dad putting blankets over his plants. Yeah, because I remember we would go outside, and I had to literally wear, like, two pairs of pants. It was, like, it was like a New York winter weather. For, like I think days. it's because there was, like, a winter storm, like, happening, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the winds were, like, traveling to, to Florida. Um, at this point, I was, like... I went to Disneyland when I was, like... Disney World. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like backstory. Went to Disneyland. Oh, okay, was like, <laughs> um, So you went to Disneyland first? Yeah, a while ago, like probably when I was like 12, Cute. 11, and I went to Disney World when I was 15, 16, 16, 15. Yeah, and then um, I kind of at that point, I was just more like, I went with my really close family friend that I've known since I was like literally like, I've known him since I was like a baby. Yeah. So we. Just kind of like read that age where we're like, we, we kind of want to do something else. Like we kind of want to like get hey, alcohol. You don't want like, to go to Disney yeah, when we you're a 15 like, or 16 year old teenage like, boy. So we were doing that. We were with our families and shit. <laughs> and then um, they, my, me and my dad would like just bored as fuck. Because he was like, yo, this is kind of cool for like a day or two days. But like we're saying like shit like three more days. And then the whole plan was we're supposed to do that like for a week. We had this other family that we traveled with that mm-hmm. were like, they loved Disney, everything Disney. So we were with them for the first week. Then we linked up with our other family friends, and then we all went on this cruise that went around like the Caribbean. So. I hate cruises so much. I haven't really asked you a question about Disney World, but like, it, it was cool, and then it got really boring. And then, because it got really boring. I will say, I mean, I don't think I appreciated Disney World for a few reasons. Number one, like, it was so close to me that like I would go so often that it didn't feel as exciting. Right. But I do remember going around like 16 Mm -hmm. and I hadn't been in a while. And I remember being bored, but now going as an adult, ironically, it's so fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like, it's so fun. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, I still like universal better though. Universal studios, Orlando. I I mean, I haven't so good. The last time I went to universal studios was when I was in college. They do a college night. Yes. They shut down the entire park just for my college that I went to UCF. So it's all just UCF students. Is it free? Yes. Fire. Yeah. And so like everyone is just, it's just all college students from one school. And, um, that was the last time I went, that was the last time I went on a roller coaster because that's when I realized that I hated them. So much. I don't like the sensation. <laughs> I do not like the sensation of that dropping. You don't? Oh, like, you know it. how, like, people are, they're like, oh, it's so exhilarating. Like, I feel free. Like, my body reacts the complete opposite. Like, I'm just fully tensed up, and I feel like I hate this, and I want it to be over. Mm. Um, so, I did discover that on the Hulk. Have you been on the Hulk? I have. Oh, the Hulk was great. Yeah. I, that was, I was having an existential crisis, and I was just like, cool. So, I hate roller coasters. What's and- the other one, though? Like. It's in Universal, but you know how they have, like, two parks? Yes, Islands of Adventure. Yeah, Islands of Adventure, but it's that one Islands of Adventure where it's, like, the main roller coaster. Is it, like, called, like, the Cobra or tw- Twin Dueling something? No, nah, it's not. That's in Universal. I don't know. that. I'm not Is that one where it's, like, it's got a vertical climb, like, you climb vertically? I mean, that does sound awful, but it's I don't a, know which one it is. I, I really... I think it's called the Rip Ride Rocket. That sounds like a name of a roller coaster. Yeah. That definitely sounds like a name. Though. I honestly... 
that that experience uh, in America was fun. Uh, I kind of fucked with Florida a little bit, but like I don't really. I've never seen the bad side of Florida, so I, I can't like. It's not but bad. I've heard it's, it's terrible. It's, here's know. the thing: Florida's. I'm I'm a shit talker by nature. It is fun for me to complain. I do enjoy it. It is one of my favorite pastimes. But Florida is not that terrible. The biggest part about the holiday was the fact that we went on this cruise. We spent most of the time afterwards in South Florida. And I don't know. I was like Tampa. Obviously, that's South Florida, right? Uh, Even yeah. when, I, when I was 15, I was kind of like, this place is like kind of like Gross. Gross, yeah. But um, it's because I was drunk people everywhere at all times. The but, only reason I know that makes sense to go to Tampa sincerely is like okay they have bush gardens which like but like bush gardens is terrible bush gardens is fucking <laughs> terrible so like that's not a good reason but also there are strip clubs in tampa that serve alcohol Word. and that are full nudity and so that is another thing that drives people there which Would i they also, have not full nudity in strip clubs in, in not in, with uh, alcohol in not other parts of Florida. I mean, listen, I I don't. I'm not like you know the encyclopedia of strip clubs, but well, I do yeah, know. No. I do know that in Tampa specifically, they have full nudity strip clubs that also serve alcohol. And apparently, most strip clubs, if it's full nudity, there's no alcohol being yeah. served. I mean, that makes sense. People get kind of dumb when they drink, but uh, I've seen it. I, uh, I, I I have witnessed it. No comments on strip clubs. I never went to a strip club in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> When I was 15. Did you go to a strip club no, when you I were 15? I just said I did it. I just said I did it. But are you lying? No, that was just a joke because I was oh, like, oh, I was going to be like, that is crazy because no. that would be no. alarming. I feel like a 15 year old boy, that would be crazy. I mean, as a 15 year old boy, it would be fun. <laughs> like, the idea would be fun, but then you go in there and be like, whoa, I actually have like no fucking clue. You're like, I'm scared. I'm scared because I don't have any money and <laughs> I, can't, I can't drink. You're like, you think you can drink at 15, but. You have like a couple beers and you're like drunk. Yeah. So, and if you're not like around adults, it's like anything. You're a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Like we used to like sneak out and drink when I was younger, like fourteen and shit like that. But it's like a, we're stealing other people's alcohol because we have no money, and b, it's just like we're all going home to our parents, and they're gonna and, know, and they're gonna know. But also, it's like you have that safety net of being like, well, my parents will take care of me. Because well, I can't take care of myself. And that's how we all know that Aiden is not Muslim. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> to be fair, though, my parents never drank. Like they, they Really? Yeah, they were not drinking. That's some Muslim shit. My parents did not drink. Um, like, occasionally, very occasionally, they have a glass of wine at dinner. When I say occasionally, I mean, like, once every six months. They just didn't really drink like, at all. They started drinking more when I was, like, older, like... Do you feel like you were the root of that? Nah, I just like I think that I think that what happened was I think once we we became adults, I think once we all became adults, like they were like, oh, okay, like now I can have a drink. With we can relax. Yeah, but it's like when we were growing up, like there was just like no alcohol ever, like in, in the crib. It's giving Muslim. <laughs> it's 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 giving Sharia law. But I still like I still drank a lot when I was growing up. So you've mentioned that. So when how old were you the first time you ever drank? Fourteen. You were fourteen. Is that, is that kind of common here? I don't know. I don't, I don't drink. So, but yeah. I, I do think that a lot of people have to at least try it around that age. Like they're not like actually actively drinking mainly because of lack of resource more mm-hmm. than anything. But like, I feel like it's pretty common for people who do drink to like try it around that age. Yeah. It's just like, especially like in Australia, like, um, is there like a big drinking culture? It's huge drinking culture. Yeah. Like very, very big drinking culture. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. 
I don't know why. It just is. It's just it's what it is. But I think it's just like heavily a part of a lot of European culture is drinking. Yeah. It's like it's a big part. Like when you think of like Germany, like drinking beer is like Oktoberfest. Like all, it's mm-hmm. like so. Yeah, and then like in France, like I feel like they very much pride themselves in like their wine and all that shit. And like in the UK, like also like lots of Pop like culture, and like yeah, like soccer culture, which goes like yeah. hand in hand with like very, drinking culture. Yeah. Like I have a bar at the end of my um, block that. They walk, They have like soccer games or football mm-hmm. games or whatever on in the mornings. Like it'll oh, be yeah. it'll be like ten a.m. and people are in the bar drinking. Yeah, because that's, that's yeah. yeah. And I'm like, sir, it is nine a.m. Yeah, I just had it's a cup of they, coffee. It's because they're watching what like uh, EPL or something. So I mean, I don't like, know that. That's an acronym that I've never heard of in my life. EPL is English Premier League soccer. I will, soccer. I will kill myself right now. You know, in the sports, <laughs> fair enough. I don't think anyone likes sports. I think that men pretend to like sports because in their mind it is like a masculine thing to do and it almost is like this thing that's expected of you. I think that men enjoy it to a certain degree because there's this like, okay, it's like competitiveness and all of that. But like, I just can't fathom anyone spending four hours watching a football game, like an American football game and being super engaged. Like, it's super fucking boring. Yeah, It's so boring. I, I agree with you like partly. Partially, I agree with you because I mean, growing up, like I, I was never really a, like a sports kid. Like I didn't fuck with sports. So I was, as I said, I was into like yeah, you were like an artsy kid. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll take that. Why, why are you offended? Artsy is it bad? I feel like people say artsy kids because they want to be different, but like you're like I'm not. I was, different. I was really doing this shit. No, but um. you were like I was really out <laughs> here in the streets creating. No, but like Australia is a very, uh, it is a very active like sports, um, like. Everyone grows up and does sports. We have different kinds of sports. So, like, we have Australian football. Everyone grows up doing something called surf lifesaving, which is um, learning how. It's, like, just ocean training. That's like, so fucking cool. Learning how to swim in the ocean, learning how to swim, learning how to save people drowning. That's so cool. Um, that's useful. See, like, that's, I'm like, that's. That's useful shit. That's, like, useful shit. Yeah. Like, we had a. Yeah, I kind of grew up doing, like, a lot of sports, and I, I, did, I wasn't good at any of them, and I hated them. <laughs> and then, but as I got older, I got more into, like, I just once I found sports that I enjoyed, I was like, right, I really like this. Like, I started playing ice hockey because I just was like, interesting. Like, you really wanted to beat the shit out of someone. Just say you wanted to beat the shit nah, out. of someone. I was an aggressive kid. I just saw it on TV and I was like, that kind of looks fun. I and I sucked at soccer. I sucked at rugby. I sucked at cricket. I sucked at fucking rugby. Seems like sincerely football. the most terrifying activity. It's it's, it's uh like I don't know what would you got to be tough to, to play rugby or a suicidal. Yeah. No, everyone knows that. It's like, we have a lot of rugby players in Australia, too. A lot of my good friends growing up are, like, big, like, rugby players. And, like, they're just, like, they're scary. But, like, they're not scary in terms of, like, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. scared of you. But yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I had to fight you. I would die. And I had to use my body against yours. Right. I would not be able to do anything. Because they're just, like, fucking so sturdy. But I got into ice hockey. I started boxing, too. I really enjoyed boxing. Um, But it's not so much of a competitive sport, like, and more of a. Yeah. Just a. Like it's kind of like physical activity. I think any like fighting, um, not fighting, but like any kind of like self defense, martial art, anything that you're into that you know a lot about and like you're like, excited about, people yeah. think that you're a nerd. Cause, like, why are you so excited about this? I mean, I you guess I mean? I'm a, like a music. Nerd. <laughs> I feel like people always. I mean, music's like pretty common. Everyone likes, but music, music is cool. Yeah, everyone likes music. 
Everybody likes music. But, like, here's the thing. Some people don't. Everybody likes music, but, like, does everyone like music in the way that, like, that I like music? Like, no one... Absolutely I, I met Aiden. We did have a conversation about music, and I did immediately have more respect for him because I'm realizing that I respect right. people who have good taste in music. Although, I did later, unfortunately, find out that he does not like Queen. He does not like The Strokes. Yeah, fuck that. Um, I don't know. He was saying all types of crazy shit, and I, I was so sad... Because I was like, here I thought you had, I thought you were like me, but you're not. Nah. You're a bad person. I'm not a bad person. Who I doesn't like, like Queen? Me. Oh my God. And I can tell you why I don't like Queen. Oh my God. Just not this again. I'm triggered. And I was saying the podcast. I'm triggered. I want to keep it a stack. Like I never, I just, for anyone who's like a big Queen fan, me. I never said that I think they're bad. I think they're, I think they're all amazingly talented musicians, great songwriters, great you know, vocalist, guitar player, bass player, drummer, everything about them is great. They know how to write good songs. I personally just don't like their music, and I'll tell you why. You know, out of all the bands that came out, you just got to understand that, like, the UK adopted a lot of blues and, uh, and like, kind of, like, um, yeah, like, blues and, and jazz and stuff like that and kind of reestablished it as, like, like, America invented rock through blues and jazz. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like music went to the UK. They kind of re, um, they just like took that music and just kind of redistributed it. Yeah. They were kind of just covering that music. Then it got to a point where they was getting like, they were, you know, adding more things and like they were kind of making it their own music. And it got to a point where it just kind of lost all its like original. But what, like, what is original music though, Aiden? So everything like, is a copy. Like, everything is inspired by everything. Yeah. Yeah. But like blues music, like had a very like, specific purpose to it and it was kind of like right coming from a coming from people that were talking about their own struggles right and, and and it was like their way of like no definitely you know what i mean and i just feel like a lot of bands in the uk like took that and they kind of turned it keith richards said it once in an interview and i don't fuck with keith richards but what he said was said uh british musicians kind of turned rock into like this whole thing that it was it's now just like this kind of like like every song is like a chant and it like there's no real meaning behind it anymore. It's just to like sell tickets and just to like be like, you know, kind of like that rock lifestyle and et cetera, et cetera. It's like Queen's one of those bands that's just like, yo, like we're gonna make songs that are just mad easy to sing to. There's no real depth to it. It's just like, well, like okay, a chorus. So like you're, but I think you're what you're doing is you're like simplifying it because like it's if, simplified as fuck. No, but like if you're okay, like. You know, Queen's music is simplified as fuck. Give me an example. We will rock you. Okay, we will rock you. It's very much chanty. It's very chanty much let's get the people going. It's very much hypey. But like, I do believe that the inspiration behind it there there is something to it. Like, we will rock you. Like, it's it's empowering. It's it's giving positive reinforcement. It gets you hyped. It has like you know these underlying messaging of like believe in yourself. Of like you know like you can do it type shit. Like. It's positive. It's positive reinforcement through lyrics and you can simplify it and say it's just like a chant or whatever. But like, I sincerely believe that like music can make you feel something. And like, I Mm -hmm. feel like a song like that can take someone who's in maybe a dark space and make them feel good and make them feel like they're capable or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that, I mean, listen, I, I feel you on that 100%. Like, I listen to Taylor Swift music, and this isn't internalized misogyny. I just think <laughs> she's fucking annoying. That's just how I feel. But I think that a lot of 
people listen to her music and it really resonates with them and it makes them feel very like seen and heard and like validates their emotions and feelings because we're like, yeah, here is this artist who I respect and I think is so talented and she's experiencing what I've experienced. And like, that makes me feel like less alone. And like, I think regardless of like music, like even fucking trashy pop music, like I think it's garbage, but at the same time, like it clearly makes people feel really good. And I think that's, that's what music is made for to like make you feel something. Okay. I agree hundred percent with what you're saying. Because I do. I'm always right. I do feel like, um, yeah, like it, listen, like if, if you and I'm never going to tell someone not to enjoy something or if they feel good about something, like, like if someone's like, yo, the queen gets me up in the morning and it gets me going right. and it gives me energy. It's like, great. That's cool. Good for you. But it just doesn't do that for me. And that's why I say, I just don't like them. But I the think song that, Don't Stop Me Now has been scientifically studied and researched that it releases like more dopamine. For like everybody? Yes. I'll play it for you and you're going to nah, feel great. No, and you're going to do a cartwheel. No, I don't. Who's, who's coming up with these like studies? People. Scientists. Like, who are they? Like, are they just getting like. Hold on. You're going to play the song? Hold No, I'm going to look. I'm not going to play the song, but I'm going to look all, up. All I'm trying to say, I just feel like Queen gets more accolades and they really like. I just don't think they're, like, the best band. People will really, like, Queen is, like... But people will think about rock... Like, actually, no, it's true, because in Apple Music, the rock banner is literally Queen. And it's like, yo, like, why? I think that they're more pop than rock. I think they're pop. I'm gonna fucking punch I think that Queen is a pop band, and that's okay. It's okay for them to be a pop band, because they were never trying to be, like, we're a rock band. Okay. They are 100% pop. So there's... I found... Quite a few, just literally by me searching Don't Stop Me Now. It says, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen is officially the world's happiest song according to science. Okay, science. Do you disagree with science? A study by the University of of Missouri has proven that Queen's 1978 hit is a track guaranteed to bring joy to all, Aiden. As according to the University of Missouri? Yeah. Interesting. A neuroscientist, Jacob Jolji, shout out to Jacob, has come up with a formula for happy songs by studying 126 songs produced by over a 50-year period. He surveyed over 2,000 people about the songs that make them feel happiest. We generally like songs with a tempo that deviates from the average pop song tempo. Fuck you, Aiden. It says that in this article. That's crazy. That are in major key and a bit more complex than three-chord songs unless a song is in major key. The average tempo of a feel-good song is substantially higher than the average pop song. Um, So, yeah, there is criteria and there is science and research that's been conducted to prove that it makes you feel good. The funny thing about that is, like, people could... The people, all they want to be like, this musician is so good because... They could sing it. This octave, which is actually kind of... Like, I actually saw this TikTok where it was like, this guy was like, yo, uh, I can't remember the musician, but it was someone who doesn't really make good songs. <laughs> J. Cole. They, <laughs> they kind of just like... that. The whole shtick is that they, they can play every instrument. And okay. Do, and it's like, wow, this guy's so good because like, he can sing it. This octave, which actually isn't even supposedly um, documented in, in Western um, music, like... Uh, theory, right? And it's essentially it's making a new octave that doesn't exist in this in this thing. And, and it's like some guy was like, the funny thing about people who fucking talk about music like that, like it's a science, which it is technically. But if if that's all they care about, and that's why they listen to music, it's like at the end of the day, like that shit still sounds like a fucking barbershop quartet. It's like someone just like singing in octaves, yeah. That, is, and then he literally put on like a Cardi song. I was like, this is real music. 
And I'm like, yo, realistically, like, I'm gonna enjoy that song more than I'm gonna enjoy someone like, look, I can sing in every octave possible. I don't give a fuck. I will say this is a conversation and that you and I have had previously that fuck, did make me reconsider my position on that fuck because Jacob, Jewel, what's his name? Who? The guy who read the article. I don't fucking know. Why? Why fuck him? He seems like a nice guy. You know how jazz was invented? It was invented by people who were trying to play music how it wasn't supposed to be played. Right. And people would start with like, this sounds awful. What the fuck? That you're not allowed to play the instrument like that. Yeah. Like, why are you playing the instrument like that? Yeah. And they were like, because I'm gonna do what I want. That's how jazz started. Yeah. No, and that's why jazz music. I have an appreciation for it. Like, in but, in, but in, they but for them to do that, they had to literally. And also, punk started by, by me. But yeah, punk started um, by people, you know, being like, we're not going to play instruments well. We're going to play instruments like yes. shit yeah. because we want to just make noise. Yeah. And it, that is what we want to do. Yeah. And I think that it is music that not everyone will enjoy or be able to appreciate. But like that deviation from the norm musically, I think when you love music or when you have like an ear for good music it's something that you can appreciate because it's very much, it does not sound like everything else. But then at this point, I I mean, on TikTok, I'll see like some fucking stupid kid who's just mimicking grunge music and like kind of bastardizing it in a way that feels offensive to me. But at the same time, it's like, that's, that's how everything in this world works, whether it be creative or not. Like it's just, everything is kind of a copy of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I quote this a million times. It's from fucking Fight Club. Everything's a copy of a copy of a copy. And mm-hmm. it's super true, but like... No, it is. I, I just think that as long as you are able to like take whatever you make, as long as you can put your own spin on it, that's the most important thing is having your own identity right. for whatever you're doing. You being like, I just want to be in a cover band is like, cool. But even by doing that, by you playing someone else's songs, by the fact that you are playing them, it has your own DNA in that. It's just like, no matter what you do, it's always going to be a copy of something, but it's going to be distinctly yours because you're doing it. Right now. I'm, so, not, I'm not listening to the Queen. I'm, no, we're not listening to fucking Queen. I want you to list top five, you can choose, either musicians or albums. Top five albums of all time? Musicians or, or albums. Top five. You can decide. I won't be a complete tyrant. And just my favorite? Or yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Like no, your best. personal preference, what you... If you can only have five albums or only listen to five albums. Do I artists, have to explain why? You can if you would like. I um, love that this is like now an IGCSE question and answer. You need to give at least three to four sentences. Word. Okay. Honestly, albums are a different one for me because albums, I always feel like I'm... Enjoy- you can pick artists. Yeah, I'm going to pick artists. Just because I feel like when it comes to albums, like I have my favorites, but then I always will start liking other out al- like i'll start liking albums that i hated yeah out of nowhere yeah, 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 yeah. and i'll be like whoa i didn't have- i never listened to it in that way top five artists though do, 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 do. <sighs> he's so I'm stressed pick because he's so stressed i don't want it to also sound misogynistic because i'm oh my to- god what <laughs> what <laughs> because i'm trying to because i'm thinking about like my favorite like listen all it, time. this doesn't need to be a pc fucking answer just your personal preference no and but now that you've mentioned misogyny it does concern me slightly because if you ask me who my favorite artists are currently yeah you you're like anyone but a woman no there'd be like at least like there'd be at least three out of the top five that are women but if you ask me of all time in terms of like what artists have had the most impact on me right it's okay they're mostly men it's okay unfortunately i, I'm sorry, I also primarily my favorite artists are male okay so all right so in no order I'm going to go Marvin Gaye, Jimi Hendrix. Okay. 
Muddy Waters. Does do bands count as artists? Yes. Black Sabbath. I was waiting for that one. Kanye. Kanye needed to be in that lineup. Yeah. Uh, I was like, wait, I'm missing. You're like, missing the, the most important. I was going to say Kanye, Jay-Z. Fuck Jay-Z. Don't say Jay-Z. Don't say Jay-Z. Fuck Jay-Z. Right. He's so corny. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He made some good albums and then he just got real corny and it honestly ruined it all. I disagree. I think that 4 for 4 was great. You know, it was a great album. Aiden, we don't have the time. We don't have the time for me to album. get into it that. It sounded movie. a little watered down in terms of like, it's, it kind of sounded like something that you could also play like at a fucking airport. You know how like sometimes when you get on an airplane and they have like music people listen to? Right. In, in entertainment, but it's all like G, it's all like yeah. really bland. Right. It's like, it's like, oh, the Jonas Brothers new album. It's like very palatable or, music. Yeah, it's just like, but it's not palatable. It's actually mind numbing. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just just dropping the Jonas gems Brothers are mind-numbing. Have, Celine Dion, mind-numbing. Here's the thing. Do I respect Celine Dion as an artist? To a certain degree, yes. But, like, would I ever voluntarily listen to her music? Or, in my opinion, nothing to write home about. But, you know, she could sing. But, like, a lot of people can sing. Yeah. You know? A lot of people can rap. There's a difference between being able to sing or rap or play and then being able to make things that are good to listen to. I'm just saying. That's true. You can have a talent to do something and not be able to execute it well. Mm-hmm. It's because it's it's not just about like the ability or the talent. It's about the execution. It's about the the big picture. Yeah, it's like uh, who's an artist that like is really good at really good like uh, just in terms of skill and talent, but no one listens to the, no, no one listens to their music. Like I would say, like who would you say actually? Because I don't want to like someone like I don't call that. It. I don't like some like a artist or a band that doesn't get enough recognition no uh, you th- like an artist or a band that is really well talented everyone knows they're talented but no one listens to it like if they release an album tomorrow no one's like oh shit he, he or she just dropped we listen to this stuff. uh mitski as an example right i've loved her as an artist for years and years mm-hmm. she recently has blown up on tiktok and now everyone loves her music but like i know who that is so you never listened to her? I'll, I'll play you some of her music. She's she's a female artist. You know, I know that upsets you, um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, she she's she's really talented, like vocally, but also like as a performer and like as an artist and as like a songwriter. Like, I think she's like the full package. I think she has like a very distinct sound. You play her music, and you cannot help but feel what she is feeling. It really translates through her music, mm-hmm. which I think is really special. Um, but yeah, like she she's been around for like a while, but definitely right. not she was not appreciated. But like recently, because of TikTok, now tickets to her shows went from being thirty fucking dollars to like I'm not joking, four hundred. Wow, is that not wild? It's crazy, yeah, it's wild. So, and she's been, I mean, she's been an artist for like a minute. Like she's not new, Word. but like she's just now getting recognitions and recognition. And I think she's on her like her fifth album, something like that. So I would say like. She's an artist that not many people cared for, but also like her music isn't, it's not something that's going to play on the radio. I don't know if it does. I can't confirm or deny it, but like, it's not that radio friendly type music, but more people have learned to discover her music and appreciate her music through like TikTok, which is a little upsetting to me because I am the type of person who I'm happy for artists when they're getting recognition at the same time. I love to gatekeep in a little bit of a way yeah. about musicians that I feel connected yeah. to. You know who I hate? I hate Pitchfork actually. 
I mean, Pitchfork is, like, really fucking terrible. They I just got to, like, mansplain every fucking artist. I think that at some point, Pitchfork was good. No, nah, I don't think so. No, like, I- I'm talking about, like, early 2000s. Like, it was it was decent because I'll tell you nah, why. They've always... I'll tell you yeah. why I liked Pitchfork. Yeah. They were reviewing albums that most publications were not. And so I thought yeah, that, that right. it, it was no, a great right. way for me, like being really young, the internet wasn't what it was now. It's a good way for me to discover and be exposed to different musicians that I might not have discovered right away. Mm-hmm. So that's what I appreciated them for at that time. At this point, I feel like they are simply contrarians who just want to shit on everyone, which I yeah. get it. As someone who loves music, it's fun to shit on music. I feel like they just say shit just to say shit. Yeah. And that's what makes it corny. They do. Yeah. And so fuck Pitchfork. Fuck Pitchfork. I mean, I can't even remember the last time I like ever looked to Pitchfork for any resource. I'm just like, I just remember like they, uh, there's an artist that I really like called Tisa Korean. Taste of what? Tisa Korean. Tisa Korean? Yeah. Okay. Fire. Male or female? Male. Of course. And he did like a review on, he just released like an EP and they did a review on it and they're just like, oh my God, he's like, it's like new, like, he's bringing back like early 2000s, like, like kind of like um, early 2000s hip hop and R&B and stuff like that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, bro, he's been out, he's been out for like five years, like more or longer, like doing right. the exact same thing he's doing now. And people love him, but just but now you want to tell everybody like go hear him. It's like yo, go fuck yourself. Why does that bother you though? Because like he doesn't need Pitchfork. Like he has mad other publications that be talking about him, and now Pitchfork want to act like they just found him. And that I also feel like when it comes to hip hop, Pitchfork has this thing where they just like yo, like we don't want to talk about mainstream artists. We only want to talk about people that are like palatable to us because like they're all white and they just like like white people really love to like tell you like what is good hip hop and what is not good hip hop. Yeah. And it comes from the perspective of they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Cause there's some writer from like, I don't know, fucking Wyoming or something that has covered indie rock their whole life. And like, well, I only like hip hop artists that like are experimental. Like I only like death grips because you know, hip hop's kind of like, I don't like the mainstream shit. I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's kind of just like disrespectful, but you know, it's like, whatever. They're like vice. They're like, they're just exactly like vice. Like, (laughs) Like, uh, Pitchfork is the same, like, person as Vice. Mm-hmm. And it's all, yeah, and it's all, like, people that, like, just think they're just, they're, like, my tastes are so better than everyone else's. Well, right. That's, like, a part of being a musical elitist. Yeah. I, but you, the, the funny thing is that, like, a lot of music listeners and music elitists, but when it comes to actual musicians, like, I saw a photo of, like, Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. with Death Grips at a, with Beyonce. And the whole thing was, like, how the fuck did you guys, like, where did this photo come from? Right. <laughs> and he was saying on Reddit, because he was answering the question, he was like, we went to a, like, I'm a big Death Grips fan. They're big fans of Beyonce. Mm-hmm. We went to a um, concert and we took a photo of her backstage. And everyone's like, Are they like Beyonce? I would have never guessed because of their music. And it's like, yeah, because like a lot of artists, like, if you really know about music and you like fucking music, like heavy like that, they just, they appreciate like everything. Yeah. They're not like, I'm too good for that. Here's the thing. I am self-proclaimed musical elitist. I do think that I have exceptional taste in music. I think I know what I like. I know what I don't like. But also, I'm very open to revisiting musicians or albums and listening at different points in my life. And there will be many times that I'm like, wait, fuck, I do like this. I have a general appreciation for all types of music. 
Like I might shit on it, but I still have an appreciation. Yeah, same. For but I feel like the reason why music elitists get a bad rep is because you know you have these pitchfork fuckers who are just like, well, yeah. I don't like this, so this is fucking trash, yeah, and, and like, this is garbage, and like this is horrible. And they'd be like, go listen to my uh, indie noise rock uh, projects. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. I think I think everyone at Pitchfork needs to shut the fuck up. And um, I think it's a great place for us to end the episode. Yeah. Fuck Pitchfork. Fuck Pitchfork. Um, Aiden, where where can people find you online or anything that you would like to promote or plug or or share? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Is this like one of those things where it's like, go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug? Yeah. Um, you can say Free Palestine. Yeah, Free Palestine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram. That's it. I'm going to have his Instagram handle in the episode description. I feel as though based off his face, he does not know what his own handle is because you look a little confused. Yeah. I just really just like don't. You don't promote your Instagram, do you? You got to self-promote Aiden. It's the American way. I'm more professional and have a website and all that. And I'm I'm working on it. No one judge me. No one is going to judge you. This is, no, people who listen to my podcast are like me. They're the best. So they're not going to judge you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, who's this, uh. It was his white man. They will think about they will clean. see your face and they will think, why does Nor have a white man on? Yeah. Wait, is, have I ever had another white man? Why is he bad queen? Aiden, no, I haven't had a white man on my podcast in two years. Would. It's great. Yeah. You're I think the second white man who's ever been on the podcast, but you're not white. I'll tell you why you're not white. Number one, you're Imadati. Number two, you're Muslim. Number three, <laughs> number three. One of my favorite things is that you love to shit on white people. And it's really fun. Because we could do it together as a team. What? It's an activity. You should try it with your friends, guys. What? Uh, yeah, so I'll have Aiden's Instagram handle in the episode description. As always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Arab American Psycho, where I will have a photo of Aiden. And you can look at him. And then when you listen to his voice, you'll have a face to connect with the voice. Yeah, yo, who the fuck is this Yeah, guy? who the get fuck is this yo, guy? Get him out of here. Me and Todd will have a podcast coming soon. <laughs> no contest. Nord is going to be on the show. We're going to talk about, I don't know. Probably a lot of this, guys. When, when New York City shit. When like, their podcast comes out it, it, through bullying, I will, I will let you guys know. And then you can bully them some more. Exactly. Bring it. Bring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you guys next Sunday. Bye.